go back to verse 26 in Genesis 1-1. Let's talk about this just a little bit. Uh, I think we'll see what direction that we're going to go into because I was meditating on some things. But notice in verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our own image. So let me see here. Let's go to chapter 2 verse 7. What was that? How did God make man in his own image. What did he do? Well, in verse 7 of chapter 2, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So God breathed into man's spirit being. Notice, we are a spirit. We have a mind, uh, and we possess a body, right? Our spirit is in our body, right? And the way that God set it up, the spirit is to be in control. So if we go back, following his image takes dominion with the spirit man. I said following God's image uh, uh, takes dominion by your spirit man. And you've got to be confident. We've got to be assured of who we are in Christ. Now, we understand that Adam lost that life. That candle went out in his spirit man. And then for, for generations, you know there that they lived without the candle of the Lord in their spirit. And the spirit of God would come on the king, the prophet, the priest, and sometimes, you know, individuals as needed. But they didn't have the life of God within their spirit man. But they still had a spirit. But it wasn't enlightened. And I want to read a few things. Let me see. I'll go back. Where is that at? I've got to find my book. Now, if we talk about the study of psychology, for instance, let's look at the definition of that. It's the study of the soul of man, or the mind, will, and emotions. So, again, we are a spirit man. We have been made in the image of God. We are not a mind. But we have a mind. And uh, we live in a body. I'm looking out through these eyes that are from my body. But my spirit is looking out at you. It's not my mind. My spirit man is looking out at you. But I do have a mind. All right. And the spiritology though, the definition there, speaks of the human spirit of man that is born again or regenerated. The word spirit or human spirit and heart are synonymous terms. But we know that many times the heart of man in the Old Testament was interchanged. Talking about uh, man's, not just his inward spirit that had, uh, the light had went out, but talking about the mind, the will, the emotions. And many times referring that to, as mainly, unless it was uh, a a prophecy of what was to come. Because many times we see that uh, in the Old Testament, it was a foreshadowing. So we see in Ezekiel, you know, I'll take the stony heart out of you and I'll put a new heart in you. And actually, we'll eventually go there. But I want to go someplace first because that's where I have all my notes. (laughs) Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. 
1 John chapter 3. I was studying on some things and planned on going a total different way, but I believe that this is where we're going to go. But let me, let me read something there in Ezekiel while you're turning to 1 John chapter 3, and we'll probably start in verse 16. We'll see there. Ezekiel 11, uh, 19 says that I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Now, why does it distinguish between I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them? Really, if you look at the definition for that word heart, it says, figuratively, uh, very widely, for the feelings, the will, and even the intellect. So mainly, it's, it's talking about that mind, will, and emotion. And I guess you could say the, the spirit, but really, like I said, the candle is out of their spirit. So they mainly, they mainly went by their mind. You understand? They couldn't be led by their spirit. And they needed to hear God say something, right? Yes. Uh, so that, that heart is really referring to that mind, will, and emotions. And then the spirit there, what's that referring to? It says wind or by resemblance. Because we resemble God, actually we're the image of him, of his breath that lives within us. It's a resemblance of breath. So what, what's Ezekiel saying? I'm going to bring that breath back to life in you. Yes. That original state yes. that Adam and Eve, when God breathed his life, and in the New Testament that word is pneuma. Yeah. So we're, we're going to look at that a little bit because... A uh, few weeks ago, when we were at the Miracle Crusade, uh, Brother Joel uh, Siegel ministered on this scripture, and he brought some things out about the heart. And I really thought, okay. And I had to go and study that because I hadn't heard it that way before. So I had to go back and study the definitions. It's like, oh, really? I didn't see that? So you want to go there with me? And you know, being the wordsmith that I am. But there's a reason that we're talking about this because there's a confusion in the body of Christ on whether or not we should go by the Old Testament versus the New. And we live in the New Testament, but how many know you need to understand where we came from? And you need to understand that we've been restored to that life that originally, and it's a new creation that Adam and Eve had. And we've been made new in Christ. Uh, but all those years that really we're supposed to follow Abraham's example. Well, how do we follow somebody's example if the life of God's not even, live, even living inside of them? Well, we're supposed to follow his faith. And God gave them his word and he expected what they heard them to go do it. So really that's still true today, but how many know we have the life of the word uh, in, in our New Testament, of course, and old and new there, but then we use our faith through the empowerment of the spirit man, the power that's in the spirit, and we speak it out in Jesus' name. Let it be. We're not God, but we follow his example. In the Old Testament, after Adam, they were not able to speak from their spirit. 
Now, in order to speak from our spirit, I can tell I'm going to have good unction, just, you know, draw because we need to get some things. In order for me to speak from my spirit, I have to have assurance. I have to be confident. And how many know when you don't always know what you're saying or doing, how can you be confident? That's why we don't just wait for Pastor Jay and Pastor Debbie, but we help one another and we sit down and just say, hey, uh, you have any questions? Let's study it out. Let's look at it together. And let, okay, well, what about this? You know, I, I, I had an attack on my body and this happened. Okay, well, let's look at that. And you share with them uh, the word of God. First, well, you have a healing covenant. But okay, but is this, is there a spirit of fear behind that? It's an attack of the devil or fear? Or is it just symptoms in your body? See, some people don't know that you have authority over both. Or even a spirit of fear that if you yield to that, they can bring symptoms. You understand? So... The other thing is, if we're not assured in our heart, in other words, because we did something wrong yesterday and we're still living in yesteryear, we're still living under condemnation, and God doesn't bring condemnation, He convicts us to make the changes. And He ever so gently, and then if, we, if we're not getting it, especially if you know, we're going to be driving off the cliff, sometimes it's abrupt. But thank God he will get us where we need to go if we're asking, you know, God, help us get there. Help me see. Help, help me uh, have understanding. Faith's understanding of the heart. So let's go back and read this. And we are going to start. Uh, uh, let's just go ahead and uh, start in 16. Verse 16, 1 John 3. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. This is one of those things that assures uh, confidence in our heart is walking in love. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, anyway, you know, Paul said I shouldn't have to come teach about this, but I, he did, obviously. And yeah. we have it all through the New Testament, so we obviously need taught on this. Yes. We don't follow our flesh. It is our spirit that takes command, that subdues the body's desires and fleshly carnal desires of wanting to lash out, the the mind, the will, and the emotions that are wanting to go, "Ah! I don't like you doing it that way. I want my way. How many know? Gonna have to put the foot to that. Somewhere. Somehow, by your spirit, get a handle. Get a handle on your flesh and pull it across the room and tell it you're not being unleashed like that. Pull it in. Reel it in. Reel it in. And you might say, yeah, but it's just like... That's because you're feeding it. You're feeding it. Well, that's what I grew up doing. Makes no difference to me what you grew up doing. Or it makes no difference to God what you grew up doing. As long as you will get in the Word and renew your mind and develop your heart. We're going to talk a little bit about the two different things, but they happen at the same time. 
You're renewing your mind. It's affecting your will and your emotions. You renew your mind with God's word and you're replacing it with, you know, the weird thoughts that create desires that are not, that are not godly. Because you're thinking on things that may be how you grew up, and this is how dad acted, or this is how mom acted, and you're thinking on that, and you're thinking that you have a right to do that, but God's word is saying, no, you do not have a right to be fleshly and carnal and controlling and out of control. Reel it in. Say that with me. Reel it in. Reeling in. All right then. Take hold of that monster <laughs> and tell it no more. And how many know you can't just go on words alone? You have to have something to back it up. You've got to have that word in your spirit, man, and then speaking out of your spirit. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That was all good. Verse 17, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need. Now, you could say, or sees his wife, or sees his, their husband, or sees their mom, or their dad, or whoever. Sees their brother in need. Because it's talking about your Christian brother, or just really anybody that God puts in your pathway. And shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? Or you could say, how's it moving? Because that word abide, let's, let's look that up. What does it mean? Come on. Continue or endure. So really, you're using your faith or you're using your love. Don't shut your heart up. Don't, don't yeah. cut people off, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And understand that that your wife, your husband, your children, the people God puts in your path, they're needy people. And have compassion for their needs. Have compassion. And let your love just not be in word only, but let it be in deed and in truth. And that's what it says there. My little children, let us not love in word. See, you thought that I just said that, right? No, this is what the Bible says, verse 18. My little children... See, God sees our needs. Yes. And when we, oh, his compassion. Mm-hmm. That, that, that he unleashes every day for us. Amen. Shouldn't we likewise look what we can do to meet the needs yes. of our family, yes. the people around us, Amen. rather than lashing out, rather than looking back on, well, this is how I was raised. This is, you know, we, got, we have to renew our minds. Yes. Change it out and start looking at the needs of other people rather than our own needs. And it, of course, there are things, you know, we tell people all the time, uh, you, you, you got to put your oxygen mask on first. We can't help others. I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying you got to give all your money away or, uh, you know, just be led by the Spirit of God to be a blessing. But just every day, is there something I can be a blessing? You know, in our home, that's what we want to, you know, I want to be a blessing to my mom. I want to be, I want to be a blessing, of course, to my husband. Yes. Yes. Amen. 
I want to be a blessing to my mom. She's a blessing to me. She's always looking, you know, can I help you do laundry? I know you're getting ready for the service. Thank you, mom. I appreciate that. Or, you know, last night I I was uh, at work, you know, Pastor Jay's out of town. I was here at the office all day and was coming home. It was a little late and she had soup heated up and cornbread. (laughs) Of course, I made the cornbread the day before. But But she she helped me make the soup and, you know, she had all that warmed up and ready. She made me a sandwich yesterday afternoon that she made. That was so good. Wow. Wow, egg salad, that was so good. And so anyway, just moving right along, when I got distracted, we look at ways to be a blessing. Yes, there are things that irritate me about my husband. But do you know there are things that irritate him about, that I do. But we've learned over the years. Do you know that it irritates my husband when I leave my glass on the floor there? And what did he start doing? He'd just start coming and putting it up for me. At first, I'm like, leave my glass alone. But then I realized, he's doing that to be a blessing. And partially he's doing that because he wants it out of the floor. I started realizing, don't cut your blessing off. He's, he's putting your dishes away. Just let him. I didn't do it. And there's certain things like, you know, why are you doing that? I was like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Go ahead and clean up after me. I don't <laughs> that makes you feel better. I'll get to it. But if you want to do it first, go ahead. Go ahead. Just put it in the right place. Don't put it in the right place. Leave it alone. So, but we want to be a blessing. And there are certain things that I've noticed about my husband. He has made so many changes, and he is such a blessing in my life. But then some things he's been doing for the last whatever years. But you know what? So have I. And we have learned to get over one another. We have learned. It's like, is that going to affect my Christian wall? Is that going to? It's just like, you know, I just, I, and, and so there will be things... I got home on Sunday, and he was on, he was going to the plane, so he's answering all these emails, and like, I was tired, I, I traveled, the, Kimberly's going to be laughing about this, because we have this thing, it's like, honey, keep me in the loop, yeah. I am the associate pastor, I'm your wife, I'm your with, keep me in the loop, <laughs> I would like to know what's going on before the staff does, okay, that, I'm just saying, okay, so you talked to Teresa today, what'd you do? Sell something? I mean, do we still have a church building? Do I know what's going on? I can make it funny. It's not that bad. But anyway, so on Sunday afternoon, I noticed he's answering all these emails, approved, 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 approved. And I saw, I'm like, really? So I uh, emailed uh, Kimberly and I said, okay, he's approving all these things, but wait till Tuesday Till you get my final approval. (laughs) And how it works is, if I'm not in agreement, then I will talk to him about it. And if that's just the way he wants to do it, then he just, okay. You're the pastor. 
But anyway, I am going to have a word in there, okay? <laughs> Sometimes I don't care. But then other times it's just like, okay, we're getting a new pulpit. It ought to be one that I like to. Yeah. All right? So I told Kimberly, uh, excuse me, you are all buying a new pulpit for Lee Summit? Keep me in the loop. <laughs> well, guess who got the pulpit they wanted? I'm taller. I like water on a water stand. It's like, okay, we need a shelf or a, or a stand or something. Get me that adjustable pulpit, because I'm taller than you, and I don't want to do this. But with all of that, we keep it fun. Because don't you know, I texted him and say, hey, hold off on all the approve, 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 okay? I know you're having fun with this, but I'd like to take a nap today. It is Sunday, by the way. <laughs> and then I sent a heart, love you. <laughs> all right, that was all free. That was all free. The bottom line is he's the pastor, so I go with his choices and decisions, but we work together. And sometimes he just wants to get it done, so, you know, and that's his prerogative. But it's also my prerogative to call the staff and say, hold off. Whoa! This horsey is going 90 miles an hour. Okay. Verse 18, my little children. You all know, you've been there and done that. What'd you do? What did you do? Did you sell the kids tonight? I mean, where's Johnny? <laughs> You think I ought to be involved in that decision? I'm just saying. Okay. No, it's not quite that bad. But you know, with all of that, you're both human beings. Okay? And there's things that may irritate us. But the bottom line is, we can still be honorable. And I'm honorable to my husband as the head of our home. And his final decision on things... Uh, Hear me out. I'm going to let him know what I like. And what, I, you know, and there's sometimes because I, he's just like, no, we're not doing it that way. I'm like, I'd really like to do it that way, but I'm going with you. Just want to let you know, I'd really like to do it that way. Okay, I'll pray about it. He's saying to me, okay, just know I like it this way. Okay. Then we'll send one another a text with a heart or something like that, you know. I didn't always get my way, but I moved on. And you know what? I lived. I made it through the day. So what I'm trying to say, there is, there is a system. <laughs> there is honor. And Pastor Jay and I, we talk to one another. We're not afraid to, like, no, I don't like that. Yeah, I do like that. But, but we understand, too, that, that the husband is supposed to make decisions that the bottom line is for the whole household, not just for himself, not just based on what they did in the past, not, not that. But, see, I trust my husband. He's making decisions based on what's best for, for both of us. Amen. All right? And, and I trust him in that. 
And really, I've had to allow him to make some mistakes in things that sometimes hindered our trust, but because I, because I loved him through it, he got better. And he, he made more sure that if he made a choice and a decision, it was something that, that didn't affect us in an adverse way. And likewise, myself. But I'm just talking about as you honor your husband Amen. in the decisions they make. Yes. And it's okay to talk to them about what you like. And husbands, don't lash out at your wives. Like, don't, don't ask me about that. Don't, please don't do that. Don't be, don't be controlling like that. Let them talk to you about what they like and you know it's okay husbands actually um they're going to be a whole lot sweeter if you just let them have some things i'm just saying i'm just saying i I had no idea i was going to get off on this i really didn't i I don't know who's pulling on this but anyway um they're going to be real sweet to you if you give them their way in some things I'm just saying. But you know, if you, no, 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 no. Okay, then. When it's time. I'm not saying I'm going to withhold, but don't act, you know. I'm not going to say it's going to be all peaches and cream. So, I'm just saying because it affects... It affects our assurance. Yes, yes. And you can't be slapping somebody all day long and expect them to give you some booty. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then just, you know, it's all stars in the sky. All right. Well, sometimes you just got to say it like it is. Oh, the money? On the money. Okay. Thank you, Sandra. On the money. Show me the money. On the money. All right. We were in verse 18. Let's try to read it. No, you can't have $5. Okay. Uh, honey, I want to get some extra. No! You're doing that again? Extra fruit? What do you think I am? Made of money? Whatever. I, I mean, that's extreme. But there, it's just little things. Honey, for the last time, don't put the toilet paper on the wrong side. You know, just... I'm just... And all day long, these irritant type things. Let, let's just do this. Let's just send each other heart emojis and call each other every now and then say, you know what? I just love you. It, not only can you have $5, just take 100 Just take 100 Because if I'm not willing to be a blessing to you as my wife, if I'm not willing to be a blessing to you as my husband, and I'm just always trying to withhold or, or hold the purse strings or something, it's going to affect our faith to believe God in the first place. And there are times when I spent too much. I will say that. 
But my husband learned that's like, well, God's got an unlimited supply. So if my wife spends so much, okay, God, you got a bill. And we've never missed a beat. And I actually watch what I spend. I'm serious. I've gotten better because I grew up and, you know, I love my daddy and your mama knows, but we grew up on credit cards and, you know, what have you. So you have that mentality and you, you got to get out of that. But how many know that it, it's just better to give in on some things than just fight and gripe just and over little stupid things? I don't. Okay. I'm just moving on. And both the husband and wife will be a whole lot sweeter. Yeah, yeah but they shouldn't do that. Maybe not. Yeah, but what should you do? Should you do what they shouldn't do? Or should you do what the Bible says to do? Suck it up. Be sweet. Be nice. Give in at times. And just, uh, sometimes they're going to fall on the floor. It's like, really? You don't mind if I do that? No, because I love you. God's going to provide it. Watch God move on your behalf because now you have a heart to meet a need. And you have a reason. Lord, my wife or my husband, they, I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing to them. Hallelujah. Verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I'm just trying to say that, you know, if, if you want a good love life, these things do affect it. Yes. And as much as your spouse wants to be a blessing to you in your love process, yeah. you, if, you, if you have affected them by withholding too much, then they're going to have a hard time giving fully. So that's what I'm trying to say. All right. Does that make sense? Is that on the money? Okay. All right. All right. And by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. So that word assurance is a confident. It's an expectation. We're assuring. And really that word heart, that's what I wanted to get to. Uh, it means the thoughts, feelings, minds. So it's, and the word is... Cardia. I know that would bless you. But it's talking about the inner man, but not just the spirit of man. It's talking about the, the soul. It's talking about the spirit of man. It's just talking about the middle of man, the inside of man, not necessarily the flesh. You understand what they make decisions and choices? So um, you could say it's really talking about both the spirit and the soul, the soul within. Um, but... There are many, many places where it's interchanged, both in the Old Testament and the New. Yeah, yeah. But that word heart is also referring to the soul. But there are many, there are many uh, talking in Romans 8, you know, we're to be led by the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, with our spirit. And that is the word pneuma. So anyway, we'll, go on. we'll read a few scriptures there. Is that all right? Yes. So that's what Brother Joel brought out, that it's more, it's, it's the, the seat of the, the mind, will, and the emotions, but it's talking about the, the, the inner man, but not just the spirit of man. So, so really, we're talking, about, we're talking about being assured with both our mind and our heart. 
being assured with both our mind and our heart. And that makes sense because you need to renew your mind and develop your heart, develop your spirit, man. And it happens at the same time. We renew our mind. But did you know your spirit is recreated in Christ? You get a new spirit, but you don't get a new mind. You've got to renew your mind. So that's the word. And if our heart condemns us, in other words, uh, if our thought and thinking process and our emotions and, 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 and the heart, because wrong things can get down in the heart, are condemning us, God's greater than our heart and knows all things. Yes. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. So our faith, why is this important? Because our faith both affects and comes from a renewed mind and a developed heart. All right? Now, let's, let's read a few scriptures here so that you understand. Uh, we read Ezekiel in the Old Testament, but let's read John 4.23. John 4.23, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And that word is pneuma. Okay, and I'm going to refer to these. You don't have to go to all of them. John 4, 23, 24. And then let's, uh, let's look at Hebrews 4, 12. I'm going to read this real quick. Hebrews 4, 12. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the what? The division of soul and spirit. Your soul and your spirit are not the same thing. Soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. That's talking about your flesh. So we, we're spirit, but we have a soul, and we live in a body. Yes. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So really, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there we go again. Yeah. So it's talking about your, your, your soul, your spirit, that what's inside. Yeah. Yes. But it's not the same as just your spirit man, which we refer to as our heart as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have to understand the terminology here. And it helped me to understand that when I backed up, and let's read with that knowledge, let's, let's go back to Ezekiel 11.19. Ezekiel 11.19, then I will give them one heart. Then I will give them one heart. What's he talking about? He's really talking about that, that, that soul of man or the inside of man, yeah. not just your heart organ. Yeah. He's talking about that soul and that spirit of man there's a combination, but it's not the same thing. And I will put a new spirit within them. I will put a new spirit. So that's talking about the, the, the very life of God or that breath of God. That's your actual spirit, which we also call the heart. So you can get confused. So just know in the New Testament, when we refer to the human spirit, we are referring to the heart of man. But then in First uh, John 3 there, when it's talking about the heart, it's basically saying condemnation can come to both your mind and your heart. Yeah, yeah. It can affect you. You can, even, you can feel, it can affect your emotions, it affects every part of you. Why does it do that? Because what you think about will get down into your spirit, man. So we've got to renew our mind and develop our heart. Does that help you? You have to renew your mind and develop your heart. You, you cannot have a squirrely mind 
and a developed heart. And it happens by using your faith to love. It happens by using your faith to stir up the joy. It happens by using your faith to stir up the life of God that's inside of you. Use your faith for your redemption. You've got sickness and disease or you've got the enemy coming against you. Use your authority. Use your faith in who you are in Christ. Remind the devil you've got a healing covenant. And that he can just go get out of here in Jesus' name. I am healed. I am whole. I am full of the life of God. So our words are coming out of where? Our spirit. And our spirit is moving. That power. But how many know if our mind is not in agreement with our spirit... There's an agreement that needs to be there. Your mind needs to be renewed. And when your mind is renewed, the right words get down into your heart. But if your mind is not renewed, it's going to be squirrely, and it's going to have control of what? Your spirit. But in order for your spirit to have control of your mind, your mind's got to be in line. In order for your spirit to have control of your mind, your mind has to be in line with the Word of God. You've got to be meditating on it, and you're seeing what you need to do, so you start speaking it out of your mouth with with a a, a meditation process, and then it begins to get real in your heart. So really, it's changing out mindsets in your brain or your mind... And it's a physiological process of words affecting your mind, changing out, and it's getting down into your spirit, man, and your faith is working now. You're in agreement. You're not working against yourself. You cannot have a spirit that's in control when your mind is let loose, off the leash, so to speak. So when you're not walking in love, what happens? Your mind's not in agreement with your spirit. When you're not walking in love, your mind is not in agreement with your spirit. But when you are walking in love, when you've been meditating on the word and say, Father, I am a love person of a love God. My faith works by love. I just, I I walk in love. I'm a person of love. I'm not looking back at how I was raised. And how my parents yelled at me or yelled at one another and how they withheld or somebody was always controlling the other. I'm not going to look back at that. But the word of God tells me to, to don't shut off. What did that say? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but indeed in truth. But we go up to uh, verse 17. We're back in 1 John 3. Verse 17, whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart. Shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? Or how does it work? Love can't work in your heart when your mind is in control. When you're just always thinking on the wrong things. I'm not saying you're going to understand everything. I'm not saying that, but your spirit is going to tell your mind, shut up. We're not doing it that way. And eventually you're going to make a mindset 
and you're going to start going that direction all the time. Yes. Amen? Yes. Is this making sense to anybody? Yes. You have to develop your spirit, but at the same time, it, it's a process where you're renewing your mind, renewing your mind, renewing your mind, but your spirit is being developed. The right things are getting into your heart because if the wrong things are getting, we know wrong things can get in because remember when Peter said to Simon the sorcerer, remember Simon got saved, but he wanted, he wanted the attention and he wanted that tongues. He saw that power of God that got on them and he tried to buy it. And Simon said, I perceive you're of the, you're bitter. And, there is, and he said, in your heart. Now, I'd have to look at that definition. I'll go look at it. But anyway, I'm just saying the wrong things can get down in your heart if you're looking, if you're, if you're hearing, if you're around atmospheres. We cannot be around churches that are teaching sickness and disease and expect to walk in health. We cannot be around, and I'm not against churches, I'm not against people, but I'm just saying we cannot be around people that are downing prosperity all the time and expect to walk in prosperity. Now we have to keep the right motives, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because some people in the guise of having the right motives have thrown the baby out and they just, we had to stay poor and humble. And they're neither. They're usually rich and they're not humble. I'm just saying. They're just keeping people poor. And that's how, you know, people get off in the body of Christ. Well, praise the Lord. Move them right along. Amen. So, in, let's go to verse 20. What time is it? 8.13? Verse 20, and we're back in 1 John 3.15. Or verse 20, not 15. 1 John 3.20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. God doesn't condemn us. The things that we have been looking at and allowed inside is what's condemning us. It's what's speaking to us. It's what's hindering us. It's what's inhibiting us. But if we will go to God's word, first of all, if there's something that you've missed it in, just go and repent. If you're not walking in love with somebody, just, Father, I'm sorry. You don't understand. I have, I, I, I've just done that too many times. No, get back up, go to that person, tell them, I'm sorry. Don't make false promises to them. Just tell them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more in God's word. Get a handle on this. And it, I mean, if you have to do it long distance. Because if somebody is verbally just abusing you, uh, that's not a good thing. But when, it's, when, it, when it gets to both verbal and then physical. And, I, and I, I even say, look, nobody needs to be around somebody that's trashing them all the time. And Christians ought not, that it never should come out of our mouth. Trash talk should never come out of our mouth. It, it destroys atmospheres. And it's very difficult uh, to renew your mind to love in an atmosphere where you've just been trash talked and abused. That is not meeting the needs of your mate. Yeah, but they do this. I'm not talking about that. You work on your side of it. And then you let them know, I'm not receiving trash talk from you. I'm not going to give you trash talk. 
but if you give me trash talk, I'm going to walk in love with you, but if it keeps affecting me, then we're going to be doing it long distance for a while. You understand? Because I will not allow myself to be around an atmosphere where somebody's trash talking me or physically abusing me. If they want the frying pan upside their head, go ahead. Make my day. Too many people get away with things. Too many people. All right. For if our heart condemns us. So we know that the Holy Ghost is convicting us. And he's saying, hey, you need to put that away. You need to put that away. God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. For in, in other words, if we just say, Lord, I'm sorry. And then also get it right with somebody else if you missed, you know, if you said something to them or did something wrong, just get it right. And I've told people if you've had thoughts or you said or did something that, you know, that about me, you don't have to come repent unless it affects your department. Uh-huh. If you said something to your husband, just get it right with them. Yeah. 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 Say, hey, I shouldn't have said that about pastors. But you don't have to come say that to me. But I will say, if you're, talking about other, if you're talking about us to other people in the departments, you're going to have to come tell us. And we're going to have to make a decision whether we're going to have to pull you out of there and we probably have to clean the mess up. I'm just saying. Because you have people at all different levels, so you just don't do that. And you don't talk negatively about other people. You just don't, don't make a practice of doing that. Don't make a practice of doing that. Amen. So anyway, verse 22, whatever we ask. See, that's why we can come with an assured heart. Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment. So the number one thing that we do, and it's really a combined commandment, that we believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. It it works together. Faith by love. Love by faith. Believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. So we've got to trust God, but we've got to be loving one another. Or our faith, we're not going to be able to walk with a renewed mind and in agreement with our heart if we're not truly walking in love. You understand? Well, praise the Lord. Amen. So, real quickly, let's go to Colossians. Some of you might have thought, well, that was really strong, Pastor Debbie. That was really strong. And I'll be honest with you. I don't want to say anything to where someone would do something and then they're up. You know, I, I got to go see them in jail because they, you know, hit so-and-so over the head with frying pan. So use wisdom, please. All right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Praise the Lord. So in Colossians 3, verse 1, listen up here, and we're going to read this, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind. Set your mind. And what does that mean? Really, that set your isn't in the original Greek, but the mind, it says to think, have a mindset. So so it's saying, have a mindset. Let your mindset be changed. Do you know if you're looking at the wrong things, you're reading the wrong thing, other than God's word, or, or looking at putting yourself around atmospheres that are not conducive to the word of God, 
or the atmosphere of peace, you could say, if you're putting yourself in those places, it's going to affect what? And it affects your heart. It gets down inside. You see, you got to guard your heart. You don't want to get things get down in there. But what, what are we doing? We can't just have a healthy heart and look at the wrong thing. See, that's where people are getting off. Oh, I can look at pornography. Oh, I can do this. Oh, I can go to wrong movies. Oh, I can do this. And we're looking at the wrong things and we're acting like it. Why? Because it's getting down inside of us and that's what we're believing that we can do. And too many Christians, we are living in a compromised state of being with our faith because our minds are looking at the wrong things. We're in the wrong atmospheres. Oh, I can have that, friend. They're not saved. What, are they talking about God all the time? No. Well, then don't be around them. Unless you're witnessing to them or inviting them to church. Why are we putting ourselves in atmospheres that are not conducive for our spiritual growth, thinking that we can get by with an unrenewed mind and a robust heart? Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, let's... Uh, now we see in verse 5, put to death the members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil, desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them, but now you yourselves put off these. Yeah. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Don't talk ugly to one another. Don't yield to anger that is abusive. You might be angry, but it says sin not. Don't yield to wrath. Well, what's wrath? Well, I'll tell you. Passion. Heated in the moment. Passionate anger unleashed. That's my definition. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him. There we go. See, that's what we wanted to get to. We're back to, did you know you were created in God's image? And you have authority, but our authority will not work if we're not believing and we're not loving. Why don't you stand up? We've all been there, done that. So nobody's condemning you, but our heart would condemn us, of course, if we're not meditating on the Word of God, coming to church, getting revelation of the Word, being around atmospheres that are conducive for our spiritual growth. Just, you know, I, I, have, to, I have to tell my body, you're coming along, whether you like it or not. And there are things that I need to do to help the body, you know, feed it right and take supplements and all that fun stuff. You understand? I mean, I've done some things recently because I've made a promise to the leadership. I made a, to God, of course. I made a promise to my husband, to my mom, to, to my church family that I'm going to treat my body right because we've got things to do and I, I can't sustain the what God has called us to do, I'm not, if I'm not treating my body right. There are just certain things. I'm just like, okay, 
I gotta stop, gotta stop doing that. So I, got, I went back to doing some research, and okay, how can I do better? I'm like, oh my goodness! I know better than that. Why have I been, did you know that one soda, I'm talking about Coca-Cola or diet soda, one, it takes 32 glasses of water to wash it out of your system. I'm like, oh, really? Figure, do the math. How many years we've been doing that? How many quadrillions of water do we got to drink now? Thank God for his mercy. I've made a commitment to the Lord. And sometimes I'm slow. I just got to admit, sometimes I've ate too many pieces of pie. Sometimes I let the sugar go overboard. But I, I'm in the process right now. And I'm renewing the mind Amen. and developing the heart to say no. Amen. The spirit man has control right now. It has for about four weeks and we're going to move on. <laughs> You're going to be seeing less of me. I'm not talking about I'm going anywhere. I'm just saying you're going to be seeing less of me. I mean, because that just happens when you stop eating sugar and stuff. I mean, I guess I, I told mom, I said, the, the scale just keeps fluctuating on me. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't know. I've lost about seven, nine pounds. But that, I mean, eventually it's, it's going to get up more. And it's, it's not about just losing pounds. It's about doing the right things for your body. Because I actually started dealing with some symptoms. I'm like, okay, this is affecting my faith. It's affecting my faith. Well, that was all free. So I have a commitment, and, and Pastor Jay and I remind one another, honey, you know, you're doing this for God, but you're doing this for me as well. Because, you know, we've made a commitment that we're not going to, and look at Mama. She's, you know, 80 years old, going 81, going on 81. You're not 81 yet, I understand that. Okay. <laughs> oh, you are 81. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> What was it last year? I said you were 81, you're 80. He's like, no, I'm 81. I mean, I'm 80. <laughs> Sorry. But doesn't she look great? Yes. Doing good and yes. takes supplements and does, you know, and trust God. Amen. So I appreciate that. But Pastor Jay and I, you know, we're going to love people. Okay. If, if, if my mama needed something or somebody needed, I'm going to help them. I helped my dad when he, you know, I, look. Some people make choices in their situations, but it is for better or for worse, okay? So when you marry something, yeah, when, something. All right. When you marry somebody, you're committed to them for life. So maybe they didn't always eat right or do things right or whatever, and now they're paying the price for it. Well, you don't just throw them outside in the snow, okay? We're going to love people. But Pastor Jay and I, so I said all that to say, we made a commitment to one another that we're not going to have to take care of one another when we're 80 and 90, that we're going to be, we're, we're going, to be going strong. We're going to be able to go up and down stairs. Well, I can't go up and down stairs. That's because that's what you're saying all the time. Yeah, but it hurts my knees. Well, stop saying that too. And, you know, here's a novel idea. Uh, once you strengthen your knees, do some stretches, this and that, and then let it heal up and then gradually go up. And I'm just saying, rather than just cut it all out, then you 
Never build your muscle in that area. Well, that was all free. So anyway, everybody knows when somebody's on a diet around here because then we, then we make sure that you know how to eat and all that. Anyway. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm trying not to preach my convictions on diet and this and that and the other. But I will say that if I don't do what, uh, if I don't renew my mind to God's word about first and foremost, his life working in me, and then the Holy Ghost, he starts telling me, you need to do this. So I've got to renew my mind to that and put it to practice. Then it's it, it not, not going to get down in here. So you've got to put to practice the word of God and what the Holy Ghost is saying to you. And sometimes that takes research. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine recently, and I'm like, you know, there's sometimes I know things that will help people, and I'll share it with them as God deals with me too, but a lot of times I just realize people won't do the research. Yeah. He says, you're right, people won't do the research. Now, I'm not trying to speak over you because I believe that you will yeah. do the research. So I'm going to correct that. I'm going to say, you will do the natural research. You will ask God for wisdom and light. I believe in you Amen. that you are going to, just like Pastor Jay and I are committing one another, mm -hmm. that we're not going to have to take care of one another when we're 80 and 90 years old. How about you, you're able to help us because you're doing well physically. Amen. And you're putting God's word first so that life is able to work in you and you're speaking the word of God. But what's the Holy Ghost saying to you? I believe in you. Okay, I'm going to do my part and be consistent about it. So I'm not going to be preaching down to you saying, you need to do this or this or this, all right? But I believe that you hear the Spirit of God. Yes. We are made in His image. Yes. We need to renew our mind to His Word, do what the Holy Ghost tells us. We need to speak it out of our heart through an assurance because now our mind is in agreement with our heart and we can speak. I didn't say it always understood, but it's in agreement. And that understanding eventually will come. Light will come. But just do what you know in the Word and what the Holy Ghost is telling you to do. And then eventually you'll see the reason why. Yeah. Amen. Well, let's just play a little piano music in the background. I'm trying to say that so many different ways, but I've, I think you get what we're saying. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. And I ask you for mercy on every person in this room, myself included. And we thank you, and, and, and we thank you for the blood. Oh, that we're cleansed. We're forgiven. Oh, we're, we're not yielding to condemnation and, and, and doubt and unbelief, and we're, we're people of love. My friend, when you go home tonight, do bless your spouse. Do something. And if they irritate you or they, they don't accept it, don't get mad at them. That just counteracts that love. But just say, you know, I love you anyway. I love you. And I'm working on myself. I'm going to stop trying to work on you. I'm going to work on me. And if we would both do that, it's going to affect our assurance of faith. Amen.